Well, hello and welcome to the Fighting Wolverines podcast. This is our second episode. Um, my name is Michael Keeley, and I'm here with my co-host Dan Large. Dan, how you doing? Doing good. How about you? I am doing well. Doing well. Excited to to get the second episode going here. Um, today we're going to talk about a few different things. I kind of kind of run you down through what we're going to talk about. First, we're going to talk about some just general college football news. Um, then we're going to talk about a little bit about the NFL draft, um, specifically Notre Dame and Michigan players, and then just a little bit of general talk. And then we're going to dive into the Notre Dame and Michigan rivalry, um, a topic that both of us, um, well, I grew up, you know, we're both from Michigan, or we both grew up in Michigan, and uh, being a Notre Dame fan, I have a ton of friends that are Michigan fans, so I... I tend to get backed into a corner often on this subject, so I'm excited to, to talk <laughs> a little bit about it, um, see, where, see where that takes us. Um, I know there's some, there's some different takes, but um, I, I, tend to, I tend to back the Irish, and Dan tends to back the, the Wolverines, so it'll be fun to dive into that a little bit. Um, but let's start off with uh, some general college football news. Uh, and Thursday... April 22nd, the NCAA talked about some new um, overtime rules that they were looking or they were in, they were installing. Um, Dan, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, they decided, if you aren't familiar with the overtime rules, starting the third overtime, when you scored a touchdown, you had to go for two points. You did know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. Sorry. Well, they changed it to now it's going to two the second overtime you'll have to go for two so obviously they're trying to speed up the game more i didn't know last year they they inserted a new rule that's pretty much like a hockey game penalty shot rule in a way where you have to go for two no matter what right so it's like a shootout then yeah gotcha they that actually started last year okay we didn't have any games i think they had it Started overtime, which is kind of crazy to me. I mean, <laughs> how yeah. oft, how often does that happen? I mean, I guess you know if it does happen, you want to speed up the process, which I think that's what they're trying to do, moving it to the second OT yeah. now, which which makes sense. But I I don't know. I I have my thoughts on it. What are your? Well, they thoughts? changed the rule from last year, I think, because of the Texas A and M LSU game that went into seven overtimes. Oh, I forgot. In 2019. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that game. There was a few games in the early 2000s when the the overtime rule came into effect, when they got rid of the ties and all that. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to make it speed up more and more because they have replays and you don't want to drag out even longer. (laughs) I mean, I'm always good with more football. So, (laughs) But, uh, no, I, I get why they're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, another another thing that they that it's not instigated yet, but something that they have mentioned is that they are uh, looking at playoff expansion. And there's uh, some of the committee members have gotten together to review some different possibilities. Um, quite a few of them actually. Um, they're looking anywhere from six to eight to ten to even twelve or sixteen teams considered, um, which. I've got my thoughts on that as well, which I think we could dive into this a little bit more uh, yeah. than, than maybe the OT rules. What do you think? 
like you said just previously, you're more excited about more football. This is I I have been wanting more playoff teams in the playoff a lot longer before they actually put in the fourteen playoff. When they first put that in in 2014, I thought that was way too uh, not enough. They yeah. needed at least to start at six, I think, or eight. I don't know what's the perfect fit. What do you think? Well, so my thoughts on it are that when they when they instigated four, when they started off with four, I that's a that was a trial run. Obviously, I think that they were just kind of throwing it out there because that was the. That was what people wanted. They wanted a playoff. And I think they realized that the playoff is a success in this in the form of like making them money. So so now they're thinking, well, if we had more teams, it's only gonna make us more money. I don't think that and I, I think that there are there are certain numbers of teams where you can you can still have the bulls mean something. You can have um, you can still make your money, but you can also, you know, give a chance for maybe maybe a Bama or maybe a Clemson to have a bad night and get knocked out. And I think that that's where people are at right now. Now, if we go to a sixteen-team format, that's and, pretty and, much like the FCS right now. Yeah, which I think is I think that there are some there are some cool aspects to that. But if you so you go sixteen. Versus one, I don't, I don't know who the 16th ranked team was this year or how they would, how they would do that. But you got to imagine Bama would, would be all right. And same thing with when they play the next ranked team. Like, it's going to end up being the same teams in my opinion. But, oh, yeah. The so final why, four, you mean? Yeah, that's why I think, I think 16 is too much. I think you got to bring it down to, like, I think eight. I think I've, I've gone back and forth between six and eight. I think eight would be a good number because you could have your major bowl games. They could mean something. Um, I've heard a few things. I've heard I've heard people talk about getting rid of the the conference championships and having. Yeah, I've heard that too. Which, I, I know a couple of friends that feel the same way. They don't feel like it's it doesn't matter that much mm-hmm. anymore, like it used to. Kind of like the the bowl games don't matter. Players no. are dropping out, not playing because they're protecting their draft status. Yeah. So and you think about it too, like you got the Big Ten and like. Every year, it's like, you know, Ohio State and then Iowa or, you know, someone who's who's going to lose. Like, you know, it's just another game for Ohio State. And I think we see that a little bit in the SEC. Like, you know, obviously there's been some good SEC championship games. The one that was last year with Florida and, and Bama was good. Um, and then there's been some – there's been one – I think one previously with uh, – I think it was Georgia was pretty yeah, good Yeah, Georgia well. and Alabama. Georgia needed the win to go in the playoffs pretty mm-hmm. much. It was three years ago, I think. Aaron Murray was still quarterback. Oh, okay. When was that? I don't even remember. I, yeah, it all kind of runs together for me. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, no, I, well, especially the Bama teams because, like, just every year it's like, you know, they're the same. I feel like they're the same team every year. But – yeah, I I think that I think that expansion would be good. I think there's a way to do it where you're still having bowl games mean something and you're adding more teams, but it's just like the NCAA tournament like for basketball. You have how you have 60 whatever teams, 68. And, and they're still the first four out and those teams are still mad because they didn't get in. <laughs> so, like you're going to still have people who are upset that they didn't get in no matter how big it is. Yeah, no. I've said that 
for a long time. It doesn't matter how many teams they add. People are going to be talking about they deserve to be in. Right. College basketball, 68 teams. Number 69 through 72 feel like they should have been in. So Yeah. There was one. There was a big – I mean, sometimes sometimes it's big programs too. It's like – um, I know, well, Duke was one of the first four out, which I think, you know, they obviously, they should have been out, but that's, we're talking college basketball now, so <laughs> we're, we're going to go down a rabbit hole here. Um, what do you think of, if it was an eight team, I agree, I think eight is the perfect number. What do you think of a format where it's five, the five power five champions and three at large? I think that that is is the best scenario just because yeah you have the five you have the you know the pack 12 because they've been down they're not going to be left out they're going to that they're going to have a team get in um and then you're going to have you're going to give your cincinnati's your coastal carolinas um (laughs) those teams a shot that you know the ucf from a couple years ago that say they are the national champions but they aren't i mean that team man they could have they had a potent offense they could have given somebody a run i mean but, That's, I mean, I I like the thought of the underdog knocking off someone at least one out of hundred twice. So yeah, you like the idea. That's why it's they need to expand it. I think eight is the perfect number for the mm-hmm. playoffs. I think when you make it too big, like I said, it's different than basketball. Like in college basketball, anyone can win on any given night, and we've seen that. March Madness, every year, it's like, you know, someone gets upset. There's a 15-2 upset. There's a, you know, whatever. There's always upsets. But with college football, it's so, like, the – That's rare. The recruiting is so, you know, it's so Power 5 heavy. They get the best players. It's very rare because it's just such a – it's such a strength-on-strength strength game. You're, I mean, you're not, like, I guess you say strength-on-weakness. And they, they're going to be, you know, your, your Alabamas, your – Notre Dame's, your Ohio State's, your Michigan's—they're always—they're not going to be upset by a, a you know a non-power five team more often than not. So I think expanding it is to sixteen or you know having one that big would be would be kind of silly in my opinion. But you know, is what it is. They're gonna they're gonna keep talking about it. I hope they make the right decision. That's best for the game because right now it just—I don't think they'll make any really any type of move until. I mean, it it ex, expires in 2025, the format they have now. Mm-hmm. So maybe in a couple of years, they'll be a little more aggressive in talking about it. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're going to keep getting – they're going to keep getting push from, you know, even like – Coaches noticed, have outspoke about I've it. I've noticed so. a trend with the game day analysts. When Kirk Herbstreit kind of rears his head, like – the the committee kind of listens. They're like, oh, like you know, if he if these no. guys are, which if more people, so. if more people come out and want it, I see coaches back up the idea of having more, mm-hmm. giving shots for the the you know smaller schools too. So, right, and of course, we all know the SEC needs to have two or three in every playoff, according to a lot of analysts. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, there are some years where I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, some teams that get in there and they might be able to make a little noise. You never know. So they tried uh, to push Alabama the one year Alabama didn't get in. They tried to push for them to get in. 
but they lost to LSU. In a way, they should make the regular season be kind of a playoff in a way. No, you had your shot of playing in your conference championship, but you didn't get it. That's why I don't think conference championships, I don't think they matter that much anymore. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I guess being a Notre Dame fan, I don't ever have to worry about that <laughs> until this last year. <laughs> and we got our butts handed to us, so that was that was fun. Um, but let's uh, let's transition into talking about the draft that's actually this this weekend, right? Saturday? Is that the uh, first, uh... Thursday? Oh, my gosh. What? I'm, I'm a little out of touch here. Um, so yeah, thir- Thursday is round one. Friday's rounds two and three. Then Saturday's the rest. Oh, okay. Well, I was right for one of the days. Yeah, the very, the very close. end. <laughs> close. close. Um, what are your thoughts on the draft just overall? Like quarterbacks, I don't know. Any Anything that you're interested in, look, like seeing who takes what? Who <laughs> I don't and... have any bold predictions. I, I'm a Lions fan, so another <laughs> year of top ten pick. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence will be number one. That doesn't. That's not too bold. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's not bold at all. Uh, quarterbacks probably in the – there could be a quarterback in the first four picks. That's what I've heard. I think. And Cincinnati needs to probably pick a the offensive tackle from Oregon. Sewell, I think mm-hmm. his name is. Yeah, Sewell. They need to protect Bart because he was hit on every play. It yes. Pretty much knocked him out for the season, so – who do you – I know that there's been some hot um, hot conversation. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. <laughs> but some some interesting takes on Justin Fields dropping so far. Um, I know – I mean, clearly he was talented at Ohio State and they made the playoffs both years. He was a quarterback. So I he keeps – he seems to keep dropping. I mean, they put Zach Wilson ahead of him and then – Well, now, maybe they're realizing that Ohio State quarterbacks – don't really pan out in the NFL. I mean, that's true. They don't. It's true. I'll give. I mean, Michigan has the goat, <laughs> but Michigan's at least had quarterbacks that have had like NFL runs. They yeah. don't have to be super Pro Bowl or All Pro or anything. But yeah, Mich- name Ohio State quarterback that's have done anything. Yeah, I honestly, I mean. I can't think of one. I mean, Troy Smith was supposed to be the next best thing, and he. I thought Haskins would be good because he was a different type of Ohio State. He was more of a pocket, you know, the That's NFL true. type quarterback. And it turns out, I guess he's just a. I don't know. Yeah, he just fell out. Yeah, he had some off the field issues. <laughs> yeah, so I don't uh, know. Um. Yeah, I guess um, I could talk about. I mean, we're both Lions fans because we're both, you know, from Michigan. Unfortunately, we are both Lions fans. It is a sad, uh, sad um, fan base. We always, every year we think we're gonna we're gonna make a run, and we never do. Um, what do you think they're gonna do at seven? If, like I said, Cincinnati picking that offense tackle, I wouldn't mind picking him. But also, we lost Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. So I see him picking a receiver, probably Devontae Smith or uh, uh, Chase from LSU, maybe Waddle. So you got three pretty decent receiver picks right there, assuming everyone picks a quarterback in the first three or four picks. 
So, yeah, I've could they dra- trade? I don't know. They probably I've, could. I've heard a few scenarios where they do. I I don't think they will. I think so. My issue with Jamar Chase is that a he hasn't played in a year, so he's had a year off. And I know that there's been a lot of uh, mock drafts having the Lions take him. I so he hasn't he hasn't played in a year. He was on a his biggest year was on a team where they couldn't focus on just him. Yeah. Like you had they were loaded. Yeah, you had Jamar Chase, you had Justin Jefferson, you had uh, Moss, the the tight end. You had you know they were stacked at, on offense, and so like he was able to get open a little bit more. I think because of that, I said, so I think that skews his numbers. I just don't know how. I mean, I I mean, I watched. I watched Devontae Smith just carve up Notre Dame. And granted, Notre Dame's secondary is not very good or was not very good this last year. He tore up Ohio State. I mean, just like – it's like he was just playing like peewee league football out there and just – it's nuts. So, I, I, if you're going to take a wide receiver, I don't know why you wouldn't take him. Um, And then – I've heard rumors of maybe Micah Parsons because now they need some defensive help. Yeah. But they they had no pass rush last year, so mm-hmm. yeah, I heard Micah Parsons was a real popular name at that seventh spot. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about the draft in the light of Michigan and Notre Dame. No, uh, no major. I mean, major names coming out. I mean, Jeremiah Wusu Kormo is probably the biggest, and I, I've had to pronounce that. Say that name three times fast. Jeremiah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I could even pronounce his name. No, so. it, it's a tough name to pronounce. I Everyone just calls him Wu. So. How about that I, uh, defensive end from Notre Dame? Uh, Ade Ogedj. Yeah. There you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> have a lot I, of, it's a couple a, guys. Yeah, some tough names to pronounce. I can pronounce Ian Book pretty well. That's pretty simple. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, no, but – you know, no, no major names. I mean, obviously, I think I think Jeremiah um, Awusu Koromoa, say his full <laughs> name. I always just want to say Jeremiah because I don't want to go into it. But I think yeah, he's going to be. I think he's going to be a really special, special talent. Um, he he can play, he can play so many different uh, positions. He can. I mean, at Notre Dame, he was what we considered a rover, and he so he covered guys in the slot. He you know he was rushing on third down, third and long. Um, and he, you know, he, he just played, he played everything so well, so athletic, but he'll also just come and smack you right in the mouth. So I think, I think there are a lot of, if the, if the right team drafts him, a defensive coordinator that knows what to do with him is willing to maybe, you know, try some different things. I think Can, he could be very, very good. You're more familiar with him as he, you know how sometimes NFLs they can run a three four and where he can play a defensive end and outside linebacker type thing, kind of like uh, Lamar Woodley was like that at Michigan. Yeah, I that so he, in my opinion, went, oh go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, you're good. I so in my opinion, he's he's not big enough to necessarily be to line up with his hand in the dirt. I mean, he could. I would say he would be like a. If I had to have like a player comp, I would say like a um, like a Clay Matthews. Hmm. He's got that speed, so he's you know Clay Matthews was always for Green Bay. He was always all over the place. I feel like he's that kind of a guy, but I think he's more athletic and he'd be able to cover better. 
uh, you know, against uh, a tight end or, a, you know, a slot, maybe a slot guy. In the NFL, it's, it's a little different ball game than, you know, when you're playing Duke and <laughs> schools like that. So, Okay, so, yeah. it makes sense. He is, he's ranked the number two inside linebacker behind Micah Parsons. Okay. Yeah. So I would say he's going to line up. He's not going to be down in a, you know, in a three-point stance. You know, coming off the edge, he might. I, I don't know. It just depends. I, I, I think you're going to see him more playing outside linebacker, probably, and and uh, covering guys. But also, you know, he's going to play a big part in the run game too. I've seen him. I think as in the mock drafts that I've seen, I've seen him. I think as high as eleven in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I've seen places all over the first round. Uh, it just depends. Just depends on the team. Who needs a who needs a, a backer at that time? But and, I think uh, I think it's almost for sure that he'll go in first round. I mean, I would be shocked if he doesn't. Do you have a surprise? You think? I know the next two on the board that they have are the two offensive linemen, who they can, think will be in second round, third round range. Yeah, you see any of them sneaking in anywhere? You know, it's interesting because <laughs> Eichenberg. It's it's weird to me because you got four offensive linemen coming out of this Notre Dame um, team that yeah. they were they were you know a finalist for the Joe Moore Award and I I'm I don't know they just I guess over they didn't have the one guy like you know like a Penesuel or you know guys who have come out in previous years they were just good they were a really good unit they were solid they worked well together I mean they played I can't remember the numbers of snaps together it was insane an insane amount of games and snaps they had played so they they knew each other really well um they they fed off each other and i think that's why they were so good now they didn't have that just all-star guy and i think eichenberg is is very good he's 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 super talented and i think he's there's chances he might sneak into the first round again it just depends on the team but i've you know after his pro day the from what i've heard and read he's gonna end up going second round I, yeah. I, unless some team is like, you know, for some reason just loves him or something. It, it wasn't – it didn't feel – it's been a couple of years. Didn't Notre Dame have a couple of linemen go really first round, I think? Yeah, they had. I mean, we're considered uh, offensive line university. I don't know if you knew that, Dan. I thought you guys <laughs> had better tight ends, but whatever. Well, it's, 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 O-line, it's O-line and tight end university right now, but um, – yeah, we've had, we've had a, you know, you had Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie Stanley get drafted by the Ravens. You had uh, Mike McGlinchey. He got drafted. McGlinchey, by the, that's who yeah, I was thinking of. He got drafted by the 49ers. You had Quentin Nelson, who is arguably the best offensive lineman in the National Football League right now. He is like, I mean, if you watch highlights of him, he, he's scary. <laughs> he's, he's one of, he's one of those guards that like, he he just like will take your head off if he comes pulling through or if you if he's in pass protection and he sees you blitzing off the edge. Yeah, it's not a not a good deal for those uh, defensive ends <laughs> when they play the Colts. But yeah, so guys like that have kind of, I think all of them were taken in the first round. I don't know. I can't remember if Quentin Nelson was or not. I know McGlinchey, Ronnie Stanley, and I know I'm forgetting one. Zach Martin. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, Zach Martin was a first rounder as well. So, yeah, we've had some good offensive linemen come out, and hopefully, of course, you, 
You've always had good tight ends, I think, usually. They don't, I mean. Maybe they don't, maybe one or two pan out. Kyle Rudolph, I think, is really good. Yeah, he's he's definitely, he's battled some injuries. Um, Tyler Eifert was a really good tight end, and he just, yeah. he's battled injuries too, but he wasn't like your prototypical, like, he didn't have a ton of, like, he, he was, like, they'd split him out at Notre Dame. Like, he would play, he would play, like, in the slot. Mismatch, yeah. Yeah, and they get him out, out there in space against a linebacker, and he would usually win, so. Um, but, yeah, I, this year, you know, Tommy Tremble, which was a little bit of a surprise to a lot of Notre Dame fans that he, he declared. Uh, he, you know, he was known for his blocking, which he was a vicious blocker. He didn't have a ton of – uh, he didn't have a ton of catches in his career. He's, I think his, the ability is there. He's athletic enough, but he's one of those kind of guys that like he, he brings life to your team. Like he, him and him and Kyron Williams this last year, you, I remember watching, you know, highlights of them on the sidelines and stuff. And they were just like, they just looked like they were having the time of their life and they were, you know, playing hard all the time. And uh, so, yeah, he, he would be a good draft pick for, for a lot of teams too. I he'll probably I think he'll go like third or fourth round. But I don't think Ian Bulk I don't know. Speaking of skill positions, I I don't feel like Ian Book he could probably not be drafted or he'll be a late sixth, seventh round pick, maybe. Yeah, one interesting thing, I think he I mean he's obviously gonna be a career backup in the NFL if he makes a team, which I think he will. So I found out some interesting, like a something that a lot of people, I, at least I, but when you're, when you get into the rounds, it's actually beneficial for the, it's beneficial for the player to just become an undrafted free agent. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that because the reason why is because you can pick who you want to like try out for. Oh, Okay. So, so it's kind of like, like a free agency type thing. Yeah. And maybe. like, you can say like, Hey, like I, you know, I had, I'm from California. Like I want to go play for the chargers or, or whatever. Like you can go try out there and it can work out well for you. So, and you can also look at rosters and say, you know, I know this is a, you know, they need, they need players at my position or I'd have a better chance of maybe sneaking into the practice squad or something here. And then you can try out for those teams. And so, like, and then guys who end up getting drafted in, like, the super late rounds, they end up, you know, there's there's a few instances where you see guys end up getting cut, and those undrafted free agents end up actually making the team in some fashion. So, for Book, I don't, I, I would say, I would say getting, not getting drafted would be a better situation for him, because then he can kind of pick and choose where he wants to go. And same with, you know, a couple of the other guys in the tail end, like, you know, if you don't, don't be the seventh round pick of the, you know. What do what, they call the very last pick, Mister? Uh, Mister Irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that? Didn't Tom Brady get that? No, he got. He was a sixth round pick. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was the last pick. I'm not. I'm not throwing shade at Michigan. I swear. Just kidding. I am. No. No. Hey, six rings. <laughs> oh, dude, My I, bad. Wow, you, I got it wrong. You can't. You can't <laughs> throw shade on Tom Brady. I was like, after the. I mean, like. He obviously before this year was was really great, but the fact that he goes to a totally different team and like that was insane. I was like, I I, I think I posted about it on like Facebook. I was like, there is well, no there is no conversation anymore. He is the goat. We're off topic now, but 
I like it. <laughs> well, I think going off topic is Brady, he attracts the players. Mm. I would agree. But he's a good teammate and all that. So. Oh, sorry. Before we'll talk about that in the uh, in the rivalry. You can talk about you... goats, Michael, and <laughs> yeah, right. Um, the goats of Michigan and Notre Dame football. Yeah, so I don't know a ton about. Obviously, you would know more than me about the Michigan prospects. Who I know you got Quiddy Pay up in the first round uh, potentially, and after that, I honestly don't know. Well, Quiddy Pay is pretty much like. What's that guy's name again? Jeremiah someone, someone? Awusa I mean, Cormorow? He, he's pretty much. Cormorow. I can't even say it. Yeah. Quiddy Pay is pretty much in the same range in the mock drafts. Uh, he's He is more, after looking up Jeremiah, that guy from Notre Dame, he, Quiddy Pay is more of an outside defensive end flash kind of guy. He's great against the run. Has a lot of speed. I want to say I think he's a lot better than Winovich. Winovich plays. He used to play with him just with a motor. Yeah, he I remember just, him. That stupid hairdo. <laughs> but anyways, I mean he's going to be good. I think a lot better than most North Michigan defensive ends going in the recent drafts. But mm-hmm. who knows? <laughs> Any, anybody else that you think is going to make a you know make a roster? Oh, better Jalen Mayfield, who's pretty much second on the board. They think he can be in late first round pick as well. So, and he's a he's an offensive tackle. Oh my god! Of course, Nico Collins. I thought for some reason I thought he was a corner. I don't know why I thought that. Nico Collins, I think, will be another guy who could sneak in the second round too. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big receiver. Yeah, (laughs) he. The, the Michigan receivers, and especially in that class with Nico Collins, when they had Donovan Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black, three really high recruits, what they did at Michigan for their career, well, take out Tariq Black because of injuries, but what Nico and Peoples-Jones did for their career, they probably had could have had that one year at Ohio State. <laughs> Yeah, in Alabama, they, they they struck. I mean, it was weird because it was like yeah, I I remember watching them. You know, I watched them play a little bit against Notre Dame, and I I, I watched Michigan games um, here and there, and I was like, man, these dudes are huge. Like, yeah, how, how how are you not getting in the ball more? That's the big part, the big problem with the Michigan offense through these years. They don't use their talent. Yeah, I well, think we've, we've seen that in Notre Dame as well. Yeah. Especially you bringing in all these fast guys and you can't get them the ball in the open field. So, yeah, Nico's a great 50 50 ball, you know, Calvin Johnson type, throw it up to him. He'll probably win majority of them. Mm-hmm. I've seen him do that against the, le- the best corners in the Big Ten. So, I think he could be a steal. Uh, the last. The best player, I think, though, is Quinn Nordine, the kicker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he is no Garrett Davis. Why do you – yeah. <laughs> why would you put Quinn Nordine and Ben Mason, who's a fullback? I guarantee they will not be drafted. I I mean, I could see out of all the players, they those two will not be drafted pretty much. Right. They'll probably make a roster maybe and try out, but that's about it. 
do. Mm. Does anyone ever use a fullback now? I think there are a couple teams that utilize it. I know Jeff Baltimore. Harbaugh. Watch John Harbaugh pick him up. Ben oh, Mason. Yeah, I bet. I bet John is or Jim is like, hey man, like this guy because he love he appeared to love him. It was like third and short. Mason's getting the ball. Yeah, every time. I mean, Mason reminded me of uh, Corey Schlesinger, the old mm. Detroit back in the nineties. He broke his face mask on every pl- like every game. Neck Had roll. A- yeah. Up to Old the back. Style. <laughs> um, well, actually, that's good. Kind of a good segue. We talked about um, them not getting drafted or getting drafted. Um, <laughs> what What are your What are your predictions for for the nine Michigan prospects? How many do you think are going to get drafted? Um, I think six will probably be drafted, leaving out. You know, Ben Mason and Quinn Nordeen. I don't think Chris Evans will be drafted. The running back. I don't know. I mean, I can see the seven be picked, too, because they're pretty – Nick Eubanks is a – I think he was an underrated tight end at Michigan, too. So, who knows. Yeah, I mean, I'll go. I'll finish it with six. I say six players will be drafted. Six, okay. Six out of How nine you? is not bad. I would say, you know, I could see it swinging eight. I think, I think when you look at it, I think unless book is, you know, a team is like, man, we really want him, um, you know, to come in and be because he. I mean. He's the all-time winningest Notre Dame quarterback. Like, that's got to count for something. And, you know, he's a good guy in the locker room. He's not going to be – he's not going to be out, you know, making any trouble. He'll make your quarterback room better. If nothing else, he'll be able to run quality, you know, scout stuff. Um, so, yeah, I would – he could go either way. Um, I think Ben Skronik – and Javon McKinley probably won't get drafted. Ben Skronik for sure, just because he he was at the Senior Bowl and he got hurt, so he's been dealing with some foot or leg injury or something. So I, I would be surprised if he gets drafted. And um, and then Tommy, I think it's Tommy Kramer. Is yeah, that, the guard. Yeah, the guard. I don't think he's gonna. I should know that. I I I, I watch these guys play forever. It's but fine. I got your um, list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tommy Kramer, I don't think he'll – I think he'll end up going as undrafted free agent. So, Book, McKinley, who is a wide receiver, uh, Ben Skronik, wide receiver, and then Kramer, the guard, I, I would say. I would say those four are kind of, you know, I'd say Book can go either way, and I'd say the other three probably won't get drafted. So, According to ESPN, Book was ranked 10th. Yeah. I mean, I think the top layer of the QBs that are available, they'll probably get drafted. Yeah. I've heard a few mixed things. I've heard people say, yeah, they think he's for sure going to get drafted. But like I said, it's going to end up being in the later rounds. And what I, I feel were me, I would rather want to be an undrafted free agent and then kind of pick and choose where I yeah. want to go. Because he's from California. so They ranked him ahead of uh, the Texas quarterback, Samuel Under. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well. Maybe uh, Herb Street wasn't making the rankings because he seems mm-hmm. to love that guy. Every I feel like it was every year he was – I think it was the last three years he was the quarterback. He 
every year Ellinger was his his Heisman pick, and it was just like, dude, like dude, Texas not, is back, dude. <laughs> yeah, every every year it's the same thing. Texas is going to make the playoff, and they have a a Stanford quarterback ranked number eight. And if you're like me, I'm not familiar with the Pac-12. I've never cared for the Pac-12 over. Is it uh, Costello? No, he's at Mississippi State. He's actually oh, he, last. Oh, you're right. He transferred. I forgot he transferred. Yeah, that one game, and everyone was giving him the Heisman, and then Mississippi State sucked the rest of the way. Who? Oh, yeah, he had like five touchdowns. What? Um, what's Broke the it. What's the Stanford quarterback's name? Davis Mills. And we didn't play him this year, so I didn't like. Yeah. I just didn't. They were kind of out of sight, out of mind for me. But, Everyone's talking about Trey Lance, the North Dakota State. Feel good story. I have an issue with that. I think yeah. they find someone to pick out. <laughs> I do too. I really do. And I think, you know, Carson Wentz was one of those deals, which he ended up obviously going to a Super Bowl, but he got hurt and they had a crazy defense. Joe Flacco played for Delaware. Um, I don't think true. they was too much hype for him, though. I yeah, think that was, he was like a fourth round pick, maybe. I don't that know. That was another. That was another uh, instance of just an unbelievable defense, and yeah. and like, I don't know. I just I have a hard time with that. Like these guys who have like the prototypical size, like that's all well and good, but I would always. I mean, if you have the option, I would always take somebody who plays in the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, like. I would I, I don't know. It's just that's just my thing. I, I feel like I feel like playing those big games matters and having someone who plays for North Dakota State is probably yeah. I don't know. <laughs> who knows. All right. I told you before that we started recording I had a trivia question for you. Oh yeah, let's let's hear it. Okay. Total draft picks in the history of college football. Notre Dame is second with the most draft draft picks with 511. Great. Michigan is fifth with 379. Who is first in total draft picks? Is there any can I ask any questions? Can I get I'll give any? you a couple of questions, yeah. <laughs> okay, will you give me a conference or no? No, I don't want to give you a conference. Oh man. I should tell you they are a blue blood. They're blue I would blood. consider them a blue blood. They yeah. haven't really had a team, like a great team, in about 15 years. I think I know who it is. Who is it? Nebraska. <clears throat> Wrong. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> the Bush Push, USC oh, Trojans. Wow. Get this. Sense. They have 512. Notre Dame has 511. So it might it's going to change. I I don't know who's in the draft for USC. I don't think there's too many. They've got they got uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, who is, is Equinemius St. Brown's brother. There's a bunch of hard names to pronounce, but um, <laughs> Equinemius St. Brown played in Notre Dame, and his yeah. brother is coming out. He's he's pretty good, but I honestly, again, we didn't play them this year, so they were kind of out of sight, out of mind as well. So. Uh, is that is that your final question? Your is that the only trivia question? I probably could just come I didn't write any more down. I just thought that was <laughs> I thought I would try to ask you that. I no, mean that I could a, easily ask you probably a couple more questions. That was a good one. I had 
And I didn't know Notre Dame was second all time. That's kind of cool. I guess yeah. I should know stuff like that, but I guess yeah, I, I don't. Would. I'm not good at like the stat stuff sometimes. At my time as a Notre Dame fan, I've been following them for almost 20 years now, and I I've never really paid much attention to the draft. Like, I you know I get excited when players get drafted. I think it's cool, but at the same time, I don't know, it's it's I would rather just focus on college football. And yeah. that is a good segue into our last uh, last bit here where we're going to talk about the Notre Dame and Michigan rivalry. And I'll start off by saying that, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like you, Dan. I do. I think you're a good-hearted Michigan fan, but I think I'm not too keen on the, on the Michigan fan base in general. Um, and I feel like Michigan probably feels the same way about Notre Dame fans. But, it's a weird rivalry because, you know, we've historically, you know, we've always played. And then the, over the past, you know, 10 years, it's been kind of hit or miss. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess I wouldn't, wouldn't say maybe 10 years, but maybe like, I don't know, five years. But um, Michigan leads the series overall 25, 17, and 1. And that pains me to say that. Um, and Michigan won the last meeting in 2019 which I was in attendance for. Um, yep. I I actually talked to uh, – didn't you get tickets from Dan Hooley for I that did. game? I yeah, did. Yeah, because he had season tickets. And, I, yeah, he told me that just recently. I was like, all right. Michael had to sit in the rain for that beatdown. <laughs> yeah, I was I'm, we were, I was there with my, my uh, girlfriend at the time, now wife, and we – I, it was funny. In the week building up to the game, I kept looking at the weather report, and I was like, "I was like, oh, you know, it says it's supposed to rain. Like, it, you know, weather apps they always change, so like we're gonna be fine." And then it got to Friday, and I was like, "Man, it's like, it's like ninety percent chance of rain all day tomorrow." And I was like, "Well, you know, we're gonna be all right. It's gonna be fine. Like, you know, the football gods are gonna look down with favor, and we're gonna be good to go." And I mean, from like midnight to midnight it was just a it was just pouring like I, it was like re- the most relentless rain i've ever seen and so we and there's there's a couple <laughs> funny stories out of this out of this game which i don't know why i'm going on a tangent but anyway um that's fine i like stories go <laughs> so we were we were trying to gear up for the game and we're like you know we're layering up and we're trying to find all of our like rain gear and stuff that we have and i was like man i really like I want to, I want to like have Notre Dame stuff on the outside so like they can see. You could represent. So. Yeah, I got to represent <laughs> my team. I can't just be some like random person, um, or just another Michigan fan in the sea of maize and blue. And so we go to we're in Ann Arbor already, and because her, uh, my wife's sister lives in Ann Arbor, and we're like, well, let's go to Meyer, see if we can find some ponchos or whatever. So. We go, and of course, I'm not going to find a Notre Dame poncho in a in, in Ann Arbor, Arbor Meyer. In Ann, yeah. yeah, right. So, sure. so I go, I go to we go to Meyer and walk in, and we're looking around. Like, I think we asked an employee where there where like all the rain gear stuff was, or like where where we could find it, and they they pointed us in the right direction. And of course, because it was the you know it was a monsoon outside, the they were picked over. Like everything was picked over because a lot of people <laughs> were going to the game and all that stuff. So, the only thing that was left 
were two Michigan State ponchos. <laughs> there you go. Why not? <laughs> so we bought them, and we wore them with pride. And so you're talking about me with a Notre Dame hat on. And a Michigan State poncho. And a Michigan State poncho <laughs> sitting in the middle of the big house just getting berated by van- by fans. Like I know where you were sitting. You were in the end zone. Yeah. Kind of right above where you would walk in the tunnel, right? Is uh-huh. that where the seats were? Yep. Yeah. 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 So it was it was fun. <laughs> it was it was a really it was a horrible scenario. Like we're and then the other part of the whole story is obviously it was a shellacking on on Michigan. Yeah. I mean Michigan just whooped us and I, I mean, I thought Notre Dame was better than them that year. Like, I, I went into that game very hopeful that they were going to win. That. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. And then we just started chucking the ball everywhere in the middle of a rainstorm. And, huh. and yeah, Air, my cousins call him Air Kelly. So, um, <laughs> but, Air Kelly. but they – Didn't uh, they lose a game? They, I can think of two other Notre – didn't they lose a couple – the Clemson game – Way back when Deshaun Watson wasn't that on the monsoon kind of. It was yeah. There was like a really bad hurricane down south. It was around they, that hurricane. Season. Yeah, they yeah. were get they were getting like the they were getting like the tail end of the hurricane and and, uh, and Notre Dame and Clemson played and they ended up losing. They had a two point conversion to to tie they were, it up. They were down pretty good early. Yeah, they I think, were down like came 21. back. I yeah, they were down twenty one nothing. They scored two late touchdowns to. It was like, I think it was like. Uh, 20 to 22 or something and we had a two-point conversion to try and tie it up and we ended up coming or Deshaun Kaiser rolled out to the right and he ended up getting tackled um, at yeah. like the one or two yard line but yeah Notre Dame does not typically do well in the um, the rain environment but that was a that was a horrible game to go I mean honestly we left at halftime of the Michigan game we were sitting there and just getting blasted by rain and I was getting not worth it verbally abused by Michigan fans. So I was, I looked at, at my wife and I was like, yeah, we're, we're getting out of here. (laughs) So we had my sister-in-law come pick us up and I watched the rest of the game from the living room where I was dry and I could wallow in myself pity. So, well, I've never been to a Michigan game where there's a hostile environment. So, I mean, kudos to you at the only Michigan, I've been to three Michigan games in Bloomington, Indiana, I mean, they'll be into it. Then they're like, well, we're a football, we're a basketball school, which Michigan is now too. So, but yeah, I would love to go to a game at Notre Dame, probably not for a Michigan game, but just go. I mean, that would be kind of a bucket list for stadiums. I would like to go to one game in South Bend. I've been outside of the stadium. We are back after some technical difficulties. Uh, the... Dana Michael, why can't you live closer? I know, right? It would be so much <laughs> easier. But uh, I had, I think it's having, I'm having issues with my Wi-Fi. So hopefully we'll get to the last bit here um, and we'll be good to go. But yeah, so we're talking about the Notre Dame-Michigan rivalry. And I just had kind of recapped a couple games that I had. Well, the one that I, the most recent one that I had gone to Um and and then I was in South Bend for the 2017 game um, when Notre Dame won 24-17. I wasn't at the game, but I was uh, watching it, and I tailgated the game, so that was fun. Much more fun than the 2019 game. Yeah. 2018, I remember 
was it when Bush was a quarterback? It was before Book took over. Yep. Which was a great decision. I always <laughs> made fun of Winbush. He threw a touchdown pass. I remember it looked like he was like throwing like a fadeaway pass into the end zone. Mm-hmm. And a Michigan defensive back, he jumped too early. And yeah. as he was coming, the ball the ball was coming down. Notre Dame guy caught it and it was a touchdown. Yeah, it was uh, Chris Fink. It was the first touchdown of the game. It was just a heave right down the middle of the yeah, field. Yeah, after that play, I was like, Michigan will not win this game. <laughs> I just knew it right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, Michigan, they were down 21 nothing early and mm-hmm. kind of made it a game. But I actually remember the – it was John – is John Metellus? Josh Metellus. Josh Metellus. Yeah, I remember his last name because I remember my buddy just like – freaking out because he's a Michigan fan and he was with me and he was like he was like he you, might... you need to get off the field <laughs> slow well that Michigan defensive backs their safeties are they were slow yeah I, <laughs> that's why and, they get burned Chris, all Chris, the time Chris Fink was good for his size but he was not a uh, 50-50 ball guy either. well going back on that play I always made fun of it. I thought uh, in the replay I I always said he was his eyes were closed. <laughs> he threw he it just up, chucked it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <"Well>, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought also uh, one thing I remember from 2018 is uh, Dylan McCaffrey was put in because Shea Patterson had cramps. Oh yeah. And McCaffrey came in for a like the first time he ever played. He looked poised. Mm. So I was like, why don't you just keep him in? But of course they didn't. Then I was thinking, hey, that's a bright future, but he's not at Michigan anymore. <laughs> Transferred. <laughs> Transferred. Uh, Story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look back, I'm trying to think of some of the the games previous. I know Notre Dame won the, the matchup before that, which was... 2014. Yeah, that was a... Beatdown, too. Yeah, it was. that was a pretty rough rough game yeah. for, for Michigan. I mean... Rough year. Wasn't that that was a Gardner was a quarterback, right? Yeah, that was the season. It was Brady Hoke's final season. Michigan finished the season five and seven. Didn't Notre Dame did good that year, I think. It seems like every time they play each other, one of them does terrible for the season, then one of them plays pretty good for the year. Yeah, I don't remember. It always how, seems like that. I, I don't know. I can't remember the final record for that Notre Dame team. I know they had uh I know Jalen Smith was on that team. Uh, he was a really good linebacker. Um, I'm trying to think. I was think, Golson? Quarterback? Yeah, Golson was. That was his. That was after his suspension year. So he was quarterback 2012. He was suspended in 2013, and then he was back 2014. And so that you was, still had Tommy Reese. Was he still there? No, back he, up, he was. Or gone. He was gone. He was gone. Mm-hmm. And so you had it was Golson. He played a majority of the year, but he just. He just wasn't the same player. He was I had such high hopes for him, and he just did not pan out. He just started turning the ball over like crazy, and and the rest yeah. was history. So that was kind of a bummer. But um, the rivalry hit a hiatus after 2014. Some hurt. Some words went out to the Michigan and Notre Dame fan base. Uh, was it the Ch- Michigan game in 2013? It was around that time when they announced that the rivalry was kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was done. The they played the chicken dance song. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Remember uh 
there's a Notre Dame fan on Facebook that you're familiar with that's pretty outspoken. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can guess who that is. Yeah. Um, About it and all that. I mean, as a Michigan fan, I don't like Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Those are the top three Michigan rivals. Right. I mean, I don't like any of them. I know more Notre Dame fans than Ohio State fans. I don't really know anyone. I know a couple here and there. I know a few too. It's kind of I think that's why I think that's why the Notre Dame Michigan rivalry is as as unique as it is, is because they're not in the conference but they are so close to each other. And it's well balanced. I mean it's twenty five, seventeen and one. Yeah. But I mean Michigan won last meeting, but Notre Dame won two straight. I think it was kind of back and forth, if I remember right. Yeah, Michigan won three in a row, at, like from like two thousand nine to two thousand twelve or two thousand eleven. Yeah, uh, it seemed that's only two years, but um, yeah, like Michigan won the last one. Notre Dame won two straight. Michigan, Notre Dame, Michigan three straight. Notre mm-hmm. Dame, Michigan two, Notre Dame two. So it's really yeah. that's how a rivalry should be. Right, if you're a neutral <laughs> fan. <laughs> if Michigan won like twenty straight. I'd, I'll be like, yeah, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I, the the Michigan the Michigan game. I so I love playing you guys. I really do because I think that it's a special rivalry. But at the same time, when the the game does not happen, which obviously didn't happen this last year, and it didn't happen for that long period of time, I my my nerves are are better off because. I have I'm around so many Michigan fans all the time, and they everyone knows that you know like bragging rights. Yeah, everyone I mean, knows for any that. type of rivalry. Yeah, yeah, and for me, it's like you know everyone knows how passionate I am about Notre Dame, and so you know my Michigan buddies. It's it's I just like that game. I like to be, I like to be away from people. I like to be like in my, in my <laughs> den, um, and I just don't respond to people. I remember. But... <laughs> Where they started to play again a couple of years ago in 2018, we tried to get Jesse and Laura mm. to come over. We were, just, yeah, I mean, it was the first game of the year, so college football was kicking off. It was a right. celebration, so we were going to have a bunch of people. We tried to get them, but they were like, "No," because <laughs> I know deep down Jesse did not want to be around <laughs> us. Because I know Jesse takes it seriously. Yep. Because I remember him going in the basement. I think. It was way back in 2002 or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Notre Dame lost like a close game and he went down to the basement. I remember hearing stuff break. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it gets pretty passionate. I mean, I'm not that passionate about my, I get pretty pissed off in certain moments. Oh, I'm very passionate. I wouldn't say I'm not, I mean, I get nervous. I would say that because I'm around Notre Dame fans, I get like, I mean, game week, I get pretty psyched up for it. Yeah. Then yeah. 2019, we I actually went to Jesse's house for that game. And I was the only, it was me and my friend, uh, Marcy, who was with me. We went to their house to watch the game. We were the only two Michigan fans. Uh, that was a good night for you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I remember them saying, Michael's there. He's going to hate it or he's going to love it <laughs> pretty much. And I hated every second of yeah. it. Um, yeah. Also, 2019, I remember on Facebook, another Notre Dame diehard fan that I know, he he comments usually on everything during a Notre Dame game. Like, yeah. Brian Kelly sucks, Ian Book sucks. Oh, I like <laughs> Brian Kelly. I like Ian Book. 
Notre Dame's going to win the national championship. And I was like, all right, settle down. <laughs> but I remember in that game, if you – well, you weren't there, were you, in the second half? I don't I know. know if it was in the first half or something. Not. Michigan, Notre Dame scored a touchdown. It was helped out because of a pass interference call. Mm-hmm. Kept the drive alive. Okay. I don't think I saw that one. Well, okay. Then Notre Dame scored a touchdown. And I think on that night, fans were getting towels, like the terrible towels. Yep, I remember Weren't that. they giving those? Yeah. Well, it's drenched. Like everyone's wet and these towels are wet. And they were booing the referees like every time Notre Dame got a first down or whatever. Mm-hmm. They scored a touchdown. It was a touchdown pass. And Michigan fans were – it was in the student section near the students. They threw the towels on the field. Oh, like I do the end zone. that. And it hit the Notre Dame guy like perfectly right on the head. Mm-hmm. He's like – he was still celebrating. He didn't care. I remember my friend, he posted what a bunch of assholes or whatever, <laughs> like bashing Michigan fans. I was like, Whatever. Then Michigan scores in the same area that later on and the students were doing the same thing. They were still throwing <laughs> the towels. Right. I, I commented, I was like, well, they did it to Michigan, their own players. What do you think now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some fans are a little delusional. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it at times. I'm, I, oh, get, yeah. I get too passionate. You get, and... you get, Oh, this is our year. We're going to finally do something. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i had i had them uh at one point this year i was like maybe this is like legit and then you beat clemson you're like yeah that was that was a fun game despite despite lawrence not playing that was still fun that was probably one of the most if not the best it was one of the best games of last year there wasn't that many i don't think that yeah, i can think really, of off the top of my head that was a really good game for sure but yeah but yeah, but you I, guys lost when it didn't when it really mattered. <laughs> it was that was a rough end of the year. But typical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Notre Dame is is the same as everybody else in college football that's not named Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. Yeah. So I mean, Oklahoma's right there, but I don't Oklahoma. Every time they get in the playoff, they get blown out. Yeah, for sure. Well, I do. You have any idea of? I mean, I haven't heard anything. I doubt that there's any rumors about Michigan Notre Dame starting back up, but I wouldn't be surprised. It starts back up in thirty-three. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a, a date I think. that came out. They announced it on the day last time they played that they were gonna renew like in thirty-three. I was like, wow. I wonder if Kelly and Harbaugh will still be there. Oh, I doubt it. I mean, I know Kelly won't be there. I doubt it too. I don't think. Either one will be there. One, they'll both be fired and move on. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised because the 2018 and 2019 was kind of thrown in. So, right. I wouldn't be surprised if they do play earlier. Yeah, that. maybe we get like a home and home series or something. That would be Why cool. Because I think, well, they played each other from 85 to early 90s consecutive. Then they took a break. Then they played again. And took a break and played again. So I don't know. They played a long streak from 2000 to 2014 or something like that. Right. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, you know, I'm gonna enjoy the. I'm gonna enjoy it right now. I don't have to worry about all the trash talk. 
And unfortunately, so you can still do trash stuff. Yeah, your team sucks. Well, the worst <laughs> part about it is, is whenever I'm, you know, I start talking to a Michigan fan about, you know, Notre Dame, Michigan, it's always like, yo, what happened in 2019? Like, it's like that's the last game that everyone goes off of. And it's like, all right, dude, like the two years we previous. We have bragging rights against you, but that's about it. <laughs> you yeah. get a bragging rights for that one game. Yeah, so now if they don't play <laughs> for another 10 years, that I have to just, that's what I have to hear every time I bring up Notre Dame, Michigan. So, but sad <laughs> it is. But anyway, I think that uh, that about does it for us um, today. What, what oh, I did. Uh, I did think of one more question for you. Yeah, let's hear it. Notre Dame is third in NFL first round draft picks. Can yeah. you name the top two? Man, Bama. Nope, they're fourth. Really? Notre Dame has 69. Alabama has 68. Is it an SEC school? Nope. Man, I'm straight. Is USC? Yep, they're two. With uh, 82 first-round picks. Who's number one? Number one in first-round picks. Uh, was that... Michigan only has 47. That is really not that many. I don't. Um, Blue Blood? Oh, yeah. Did I already say them? We've said their team today, so we mentioned them. Nope. Blue Blood. Ohio State? Yep, Ohio State. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. They have 84. So it's Ohio State 84, USC 82, then Notre Dame at 69, Alabama at 68, then Miami has 65, then it's uh, 11 picks drop to Florida. Miami's so, Miami's all their first round picks came in those, those <laughs> early teams. 2000s. They had yeah. a great team in 2001. Oh my gosh. Have you ever looked at those rosters? I know this is super off topic, but if you look at those rosters, man, it's like they all got drafted. <laughs> it's like Edron James, Willis McGee, and yeah, Willis Winslow, Jeremy Shockey, uh, Ed, Reed, Ed Reed, Ed Reed, just dudes everywhere. It's crazy. Who's that receiver? Was Andre Johnson on that team? Can't remember. Yeah, it it's funny. If they you, were loaded. <laughs> it's fun to look at those 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 couple years. You look at the rosters, and you're like, oh. I know him. Oh, I know him. Oh, I know him. Well, that in my lifetime, that's probably one of the best football teams. They dominated that whole season. Kind of like how LSU dominated. Well, who was it recently? Was it LSU just recently that dominated? Yeah, 2019. I know they had a huge, you know, stat offensive performance, but I didn't know if they like blew out everyone. I mean, it was towards the end at, at the the first game of the year. They struggled with Texas. They ended up mm. beating Texas on like a last second play, and then from there on out, it was pretty much yeah. They, they pretty I much handled everybody. That, it was. Then he had six touchdown passes in the first half against Georgia in the SEC championship or Oklahoma. No, in the it playoff. was it was Oklahoma in the playoff, and then I think okay. he had seven. Yeah, jeez, that's yeah, that's me on NCAA fourteen. I think. It was like a video game for them yeah. at that point. It was like. All right, like they're going to win the national championship. There's no question. So, and Burrow had three thousand yard receivers. You never hear that. But I think, I think LSU will 
after that season, Ed Ordron will probably never win an SEC championship or national championship ever again. It's kind of like a Gene Chizik year. Yeah, it's like the stars aligned. Yeah. All right, well, that does it for us today, uh, the Fighting Wolverines podcast. So um, that was fun, and look forward to next week. And we don't really have anything laid out as far as what we're going to talk about yet, but uh, maybe talk about the draft a little bit and what transpired over the weekend. Um, I know Notre Dame spring game is on Saturday, so maybe talk about that a little bit. On the peacock. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it, but. Uh, I definitely be watching highlights and checking out um, some of the stats and stuff. I know it's a spring game, so it doesn't really matter as much. But I'll uh, uh, send you a link if you can't watch it. Well, I'm sure you'll find stuff on YouTube or whatever. But there's a guy on YouTube that posts a lot of highlights, even for f- spring practices. I can send you okay. the link later. That sounds good. But yeah, uh, check us out. Um, like and subscribe on Spotify. And uh, and you can listen to us on Anchor as well. So if you hopefully sub- we'll be on more platforms. In yeah, the future. We'll, we should be on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts soon, I would assume. But um, the more you like and share and stuff like that, it gets our content out there and whatnot. So all right, I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks.